Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 1st. It is five minutes after 11. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So let's talk about this bill that the House passed yesterday. It seeks to end the vaccine mandate for employees at some health facilities. So this was the first pandemic-related bill that the Republican majority approved since taking control. The legislation is called the Freedom for Healthcare Workers Act, and it passed in a 20. 227 to 203 vote. Seven Democrats actually joined Republicans in passing the bill. In 2021, the summer of 2021, I spoke at an event on the canal for healthcare workers here who were facing this same issue, which is either you get this shot or you're going to be fired from your job. Mm. And when you look back on the past three years, one of the most egregious things is how people who in the beginning were and rightfully so put up on a pedestal as the most uh still phrase from governor holcomb noble Mm -hmm. uh courageous amongst us our our frontline health care workers who Mm -hmm. were willing to risk their lives uh in order to treat people who had, had fallen ill or were seeking advice or you know whatever it might be and how quickly that turned from hey you're a hero everybody's dropping off cookies and fruit baskets Mm -hmm. to get this shot or you're fired. And and when I spoke at that event, because, of course, our Republican legislature did nothing to, to help these people, um, you saw the pain and anguish those people were going through because they were being forced to make a decision they didn't, no person should be put in, do this experimental thing. Mm-hmm. or lose your job. It's not like, hey, this is the polio shot where we've got 50 years of data on this and you're right. not going to grow a third eye or, you know, turn into, you know, it's not a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody knew about this thing. There, It has now been proven that it, it was maybe at best partially effective for a limited period of time to prevent you from getting COVID. And now we are starting to see, at least in certain people, long-term severe ramifications for getting it up to and including death. And these people who all they wanted to do was help the sick were being told, do this thing you don't want to do or you potentially lose your job. Isn't it interesting that the CDC still has risks on their website, including possibly death, but yet this vaccine was mandated to more than 10 million health industry workers. Yeah, so Thomas Massey, who, if you were to say, Rob, who is your favorite current active person in politics or government, there mm-hmm. would be your answer. Thomas Massey is a representative from Kentucky. He and Why does Kentucky get all the good ones? I know. I was just thinking about that last night. They've got Rand Paul. And, well, they've also got Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, good but with the bad. They have Rand Paul right? and Thomas Massey. Thomas mm-hmm. Massey is 
So awesome. Uh, I'm so honored that he follows me on Twitter. Uh, I'm fanboying, Casey. You, Does he follow you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. We're we're Twitter amigos. Or at least we were here as of the other day. I, he would have no reason to unfollow me. Why wouldn't he want to follow me? It's true. Um, anyway, he was... Uh, Does he know who you are? Yeah, I, well, he, he made the choice. It said, <laughs> Thomas Massey's now following you. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to get to my heart, Casey. I give up a tough exterior, but below it, I'm just... All you want is a like yeah, or a follow on Twitter. that's all I need. I just need a... Fir- <laughs> I just need uh, repeated affirmation. Anyway, <laughs> he uh, gave a speech about this. And if you're a person saying, man, you know, I really want to push back against these vaccine mandates. I really want to push back against the vaccine. But I, you know, I just, I, you know, I freeze up in, you know, situations where I'm debating or, you know, I, I really just get at a loss for the words. Here is, and we normally don't play. This is almost three minutes of audio and mm-hmm. we normally really don't do that. But this is so good mm-hmm. i mean he shreds everything he lays it out and we'll put this up later of course on the podcast that if you're a person who's saying i'm looking for the words i'm looking for the case here it is thomas massey go what are some of those lies let's start with the first one the first lie the vaccine prevents spread who who says that it doesn't prevent spread is this an internet conspiracy well it's on the internet But it's the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who said a year ago, what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Pfizer admitted they were not asked by regulators to assess whether their shots reduce transmission, nor did their trials measure whether the shots reduce transmission. What's the second lie that this mandate is predicated on? The vaccines don't cause any harm, can't cause any harm. They're safe. They're completely safe. You have nothing to worry about. No side effects, no adverse reactions. Who disputes that? Is it an internet conspiracy? It's the CDC website. Yes, it's on the internet. The CDC website acknowledges that the vaccines can cause myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, and even death. CDC and FDA recently announced they had identified a preliminary vaccine safety signal for persons 65 and older for the bivalent vaccine that it it could increase their chance of stroke in the 21 days following vaccination with Pfizer's new bivalent vaccine. What's the third lie that this is predicated on, this vaccine mandate for healthcare workers? That it's scientific, that it makes sense. How does it make sense to require somebody to have two shots targeted at a, at a variant of the virus that is no longer circulating, to have two shots that wear off after eight months, two shots that were taken two years ago? The CDC acknowledges that those vaccines that are mandated taken two years ago have worn off by now. Why would you mandate them? What's the fourth lie that this vaccine mandate is predicated on? It ignores natural immunity. When the vaccines first came out, the CDC that said that the vaccine was, that the Pfizer trial showed that the vaccine was 92% efficacious for those who had already had COVID. Guess what? It showed no such thing. I called the CDC. They admitted to me it was wrong. They said they would fix the website. Here we are over two years later. They haven't fixed that lie on their website. They know it's a lie. I have them on a recording if anybody over there wants to hear it. Finally, who's liable 
for the damage that this could cause. Nobody's liable. We're living under medical malpractice, martial law right now under the PREP Act and the EUAs. So how many unvaccinated who were vilified are looking like the wise ones now? Well, I'm just, you know, Casey, I, mm. I, uh, no, I, I mean, I, it would be very easy for me to say that perhaps someone in this room took a took a stand, took a stand, yeah. and it was not an easy thing to do, and was threatened with potentially, you know, losing the could have lost their job and had to even pay for their own testing at one point, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I just, I'm not going to brag about myself, so I, that's not what I do on this show, so I'll just, I'll just leave that over there. But as someone who did go through this, mm-hmm. yeah, it sucks, right? Because when you may when you make and 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 i say this with from my own personal heartfelt experience when you make a deeply held uh, a decision based on deeply held beliefs and you do your research and you're not judging other people who come to a different conclusion you're not vilifying people who make their own choices but you are treated like some sort of pariah and, and nobody ever comes back and goes wow you know you were kind of right about that yeah. sorry for being uh horrific mm-hmm. no nothing nothing ever happens and we don't learn anything as a society so this will happen again this this you know it, there's nothing new under the sun and we don't learn anything we won't change anything we'll treat people the same way we treat them before we'll shut the businesses down we'll try to put people in jail for not wearing masks we'll treat you as a pariah if you make an educated choice or a deeply felt choice not to get a vaccine we'll uh, we'll make your life incredibly difficult we'll do all the things we did before because we don't learn anything and and people are in general just too weak to fight By the way, the vaccine requirements that were set by the Biden administration did receive support from the American Medical Association and the American Nurses Association. But we do know that this week, Biden said that the COVID-19 national and public health emergencies will end on May 11th. So this means we move from that phase into the accountability phase. And that's what we're going to get into. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Federal Reserve expected to raise interest rates by another quarter of a point. And the next labor report is going to show whether job growth is still slowing. The economy kind of sitting on a knife's edge right now. We've got the showdown over the debt ceiling and the threat of default. The summer isn't over. Of course, McCarthy and Biden are going to duke it out today. Uh, Here's Biden. He's falsely claiming that he built an economy that helps workers. And why does he get so angry so quickly? When I ran for president, I agreed that we're going to build from the bottom up and the middle out to bring back good paying jobs you can raise a family on, whether or not you went to college, to give families more breathing room, to invest in ourselves again, invest in America again. And that's what we've done. So who, who, who has more breathing room? Who are these people? Like who who are the people that Biden's talking about that he's helped? Where are you? If if Biden has helped you call our hotline right now, 317-684-8444, I would be fascinated without talking about Trump or Twitter to say how your life is better under Biden. Like is paying in some cases double for food is that better yeah well food costs are up 23 percent in the last two years 23 percent is paying markedly more for gas is that is that making giving you more breathing room is that is that helping you i mean what where where is this happening 
Where does he think it's happening? Who? What are they telling him? That it, where are they telling him it's happening? I don't even know if he believes that himself. Well, that's a good point. He's just out there saying it. And the National Association of Business Economists said that there's a 50-50 chance that we're going to have, you know, that recession this year. And it could be long-term, sustained, and bad. And I mentioned it the other day. He keeps saying that, you know, well, there's job growth. There's job growth. And people are starting to say that's slowing down. That's actually not true. Uh, all right, Casey, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, um, this guy was filling in, D.L. Hewley was filling in on The Daily Show yesterday. Right. And he had a, a take on these Memphis cops that is just, well, it's 2023, so it's total, it's unbelievable and totally believable at the same time. Okay, it's on the way. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. nominee Cindy Lauper there she is 21 minutes after 11 it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and trending this hour Boeing's 747 jumbo jet after 55 years the airline company that makes the 747 delivered their final jumbo jet they won't be making those anymore also trending Ozzy Osbourne he has said that he is done touring he had some concerts scheduled but he's not going to be able to fulfill it he said this is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to share with my loyal fans as you may know four years ago he had a major accident where he damaged his spine he went through a lot of operations stem cell treatments and physical therapy and he said his body is still physically too weak and and he is going to refund all the tickets at the point of purchase and won't be touring anymore. And finally trending, a restaurant in Danville. According to Eat This, Not That, the best place to grab breakfast in the great state of Indiana is the Bread Basket Cafe oh, and yeah. Bakery in Danville. Oh, yeah, I've been there. What, what's the award again? Uh, best place to grab breakfast in Indiana. And who's it from? Eat this, not that. Okay. I've been there mm-hmm. uh, a couple times. Looks like a house on the outside. Yes. It's very nice. It's very quaint. Now, it, you do not get food that comes in a bag or is coated in grease, so mm-hmm. it's not really a, you know, oh. a Rob Kendall right. staple, yeah. but uh, very nice. It's right there in the heart of Danville, and uh, it's like walking into someone's house and eating eating food. Good. All right. Doesn't well. uh, Danville, doesn't, don't they also have the uh, Pizza Hut buffet? They do. Uh, my, my dear friend. <laughs> Well, by the way, I forgot to say that my we had talked about the Danville having the Pizza Hut buffet. Mm-hmm. My uh, friend Shane, who uh, runs the radio station in Brownsburg, he went, uh, I think at our suggestion, to the Danville Pizza Hut buffet and said it was pretty good. Did they have beer? 
Right, I know we were asking about that Didn't if they had ask beer or wine. Him about that, I did not ask. That was That's a, a great debate question. Yes, uh, and then there is also the Mayberry Cafe in Danville, which has the it's the Andy Griffith themed mm-hmm. restaurant, mm-hmm. which has the Andy Griffith squad car out front. Okay, so which is better, that one or the Breadbasket Cafe and Bakery? Well, I would probably go. Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a sentimentalist as a Hendricks County lifer and historian. The, I think the Mayberry Cafe has been there longer. Yeah, uh, and it has the squad car, so I'd probably go with that. Nothing against. The the bread basket, but uh, it's very nice. Yes. Danville for its size has a plethora of uh, can't miss locations. Okay. Unlike Brownsburg, where we just put a warehouse and a uh, <laughs> right. high density uh, housing development on every corner. Danville actually tries to create some uh, culture and, and uh, character to the community. Places to visit. Yes. Okay. So have you been watching uh, the daily show? I'm sure. I'm sure not. You know, the the host, Trevor Noah, he left. And so they've been having kind of this uh, rotating cast of people filling in. Kind of like what you went through when, yeah. when Mock left. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't rem- I don't know how to say this guy's name. Is it D.L. Hughley or Hughley? I think it's Hughley. Hughley. Okay. So he was hosting. And while he did that, he heavily implied that the reason that the five cops in Memphis were charged so quickly was because of their skin color. Oh. Because they're black. Yes, we have some, uh, we actually have the audio of that. Uh, Let's take a listen. These cops got arrested so fast, I got to wonder why did, oh, there's something about them. (laughs) That looks fast, arrest worthy. Like, I... I can't put my finger on it, but I want to arrest them myself. I don't. So this is the thing, right? No matter what you do with these people, it will never be enough. Uh, you arrest them. You charge them with with murder. It, it's No, we only did that because they're black. Well, you go through the judicial process. Well, it just it never works, right? No matter what you do. There are hundreds of thousands of police officers in this country. Millions, maybe. I don't know what the exact number is. Black, white, brown, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. And the overwhelming majority of these people, these officers, go to work every day. And whether you're an officer in Pittsburgh or you're an officer in Indianapolis or an officer in Fort Wayne or all points in between, those people would give their lives for an absolute stranger at a moment's notice. Again, black, white, whatever. These officers in Memphis behaved horribly and they are facing Mm -hmm. a horrible existence for the rest of their lives, as it appears, now it'll all come out in court, but based on what we've seen so far, as it appears, they should. They weren't arrested because they were black. They were arrested because it appears they did a terrible, awful thing for which they should be severely punished. But even when you get it right, right? Like, even when you do the thing, which is the swift justice for the people who behaved terribly, well, now it's just because they were black. You can not win. And by the way, the only reason these people were police officers, it appears, or at least most of them, was because a bunch of people left the profession because of the way police officers have been treated the last three years. Well, yeah. And when you say we're going to defund the police, well, you're going to have less qualified people 
who are going to come in and be police, and then they will end up with situations like this. By the way, the uh, the officers were charged with second-degree murder, assault, kidnapping, official misconduct, and oppression. And one of the big problems facing all of the police departments across the country is recruitment and retention. It's 27 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's uh, let's play this audio from Kamala Harris. She had a really hard-hitting interview with Kid Scoop Media. Who? Kid Scoop Media. Oh, well, yeah, what I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, what Putting I think, kids yeah. where news and events happen. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you go right to the Kid Scoop Media when you want to answer the tough questions. I don't completely understand what she's saying here because she's not talking about a Venn diagram. But what she is talking about is school buses. Are these new green buses going to keep their signature yellow color? These are going to remain yellow school buses because who doesn't love a yellow school bus? They will remain yellow, but their heart will be green. (laughs) You're not laughing. I just, she's a real person Mm -hmm. in a real important position. Mm -hmm. And she really gets to have profound influence on public policy that's incredible that's can we play that again just to remind everybody she is second in command and she's probably these new green and she's probably light years ahead of where the president is go ahead are these new green buses going to keep their signature yellow color these are going to remain yellow school buses because who doesn't love a yellow school bus they will remain yellow but their heart will be green (laughs) You know, she should have been a great foil to Biden with all of his gaffes, but she's just as bad. How do we have the two worst communicators as one and two in charge of our country? Uh, it, it, it is a total indictment of us as a society that these two people, but it's us, right? Like we are to blame that we can we can talk about. I'm them. not to blame. No, but we as a society are because I didn't vote for. Well. But, Casey, what have we talked about? Yeah. Voting is not enough. Whether it's whether we're talking about these people or Diego Morales or whoever, voting is not enough. If you're a person who thinks you're doing your part by simply just going and pressing a button and leaving, if you didn't drag 10 people with you to vote the way that you wanted them to vote, you're not doing your part. We have a crisis of leadership in this country. We have a crisis of leadership on both sides of the aisle, and we are are to blame because these people do not they're not they don't grow out of the ground from seeds right there's not a politician farm somewhere these people have nothing without what we give to them and we have allowed these two people to run this country apparently she's difficult to work with too and she's experiencing a lot of staffing shakeup as well okay we've got to get to the news but coming up next we have an interview Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the angry red-shirted teachers mm-hmm. are here at the state house. We were told, mm-hmm. um, and in honor of the angry red-shirted teachers being at the state house, of which one of the things we've been informed or we assume they're doing is they're lobbying against uh, 
treating school boards like every single election in the state of Indiana, forcing the candidate to put a letter next to their name. Mm-hmm. Their big argument as well, uh, schools should be non-political and the school board races should be non-political. Right. We're going to have our old buddy Ben Orr okay. on the show. Now, Ben is part of the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, one of those very brave, courageous people who, uh, against all odds, uh, won an election this past fall. And Ben's going to talk with us about just how political uh, the school board races really are. Really are. Okay. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and several bills that would impact school board elections. They're making their way through the state house. And up to this point, Indiana, Indiana school board elections, they've been nonpartisan, but that could change. Lawmakers, they're considering a bill that would require school board candidates to declare a political affiliation. And this could affect how schools operate and lots of uh, people happy about this, some not so much. Well, yeah, and we've talked about this before that it is wholly ridiculous that every other office in the state of Indiana, you have to declare a party affiliation, including Mm -hmm. coroner Mm -hmm. and surveyor. I don't know how you... uh, what is a Republican view on land surveying, Casey? Do you do you know what is what is a Republican view on dealing with uh, causes of death? I don't I don't I don't know. The only uh, office you don't have to do that for is the school board. There is a uh, obviously a bill, one in the House, one in the Senate, working their way through that would simply make mm-hmm. school board elections like every other election in the state of Indiana. And the left, the teachers union, very upset about this. And their argument is well. We're here for the children, and there right. shouldn't be politics when dealing with the uh, with the with the children. And so, uh, our old buddy Ben Orr, he is uh, now we can probably say on the Hamilton County uh, or Hamilton Southeastern School Board, uh, won his election last fall. And Ben and I were chatting the other day. He's a big listener of the show, and he said, "Buddy, you got no idea how much politics are involved in these school board races." So we bring Ben on. Ben Orr dri- joins us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Ben Ben, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. So you sent me some information, which is interesting. So the angry red-shirted teachers are down here at the uh, the state house today, uh, agitating the lawmakers. And you sent me some data before we went on the air today on just how much money the angry red-shirted teachers gave to your opponent. This is just one race. Your opponent, your election up there at the Hamilton uh, Southeastern School Board. Tell. Yeah, so mostly I just wanted to to talk about the idea of these elections being nonpartisan, which is, uh, to use one of our favorite words, right, is about as disingenuous as you can get. Uh, These things are completely partisan. I've never pretended that they weren't. Uh, Honestly, leaned into that. That's fine. I'm a a conservative guy. I've got no problem telling people that. But uh, my opponent and several of the others that I'll just stick to my own race that I'm extremely familiar with, obviously. Um, My opponent was the current sitting vice president of the Fishers Democrat Club (laughs) while running. uh, Ben, 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 can you you say that out loud again so everybody hears? Because these school board races are nonpartisan. So tell everybody who you were running against again. Yeah, so uh, uh, my opponent up here for HSE District 4, Fall Creek, basically, uh, is, and as far as I know, still is currently the vice president of the Fishers Democrat Club. <laughs> Not only is she that, she founded the club with uh, our city council member, uh, I think 
left a few years ago. She was the first president of the club. So, I mean, it's it's all tied in together. Uh, donations came in from current elected Democrat politicians. And again, I got donations from my elected representatives also. The difference is I never claimed this was nonpartisan. Uh, ben Orr is our guest. He's part of the Hamilton Southeastern School Board. We're talking about, uh, in regards to this bill that would force uh, school board candidates to declare a party uh, affiliation. So it looks like here the teachers' union alone gave your opponent, and I'm doing math here, and I am but a product of the public mm-hmm. education system, so so if I get it wrong, let me know. Looks like about $4,350. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So the teachers' union has an affiliated pack called IPACE. And what they do is they take all the teachers' union's dues, uh, they bundle all those together with the ISTA, and then send those in kind of a lump sum, and it's millions of dollars from all over the state. They send those to the pack called IPACE. IPACE then distributes those out, and I challenge anybody to go through their filings, they're all public. Find me one Republican on that list, anyone, a single one, and I'll be happy. But uh, as far as I know, that thing is completely partisan. And to your point, the money raising involved in that was by far the bulk of my opponent's campaign. About 65% of her total money, according to her CFA4 on the, the day after the election, came from uh, packs came from that teacher union pack, and then there was another local pack that was much smaller called HS Equal. They bundled some money and put in there too. Now, again, to be fair, like I said, I also received money from current elected officials, not anywhere the level of what they did. Uh, I think my pack money accounted for about a little less than 10% of what I raised. For my opponent, it was 65% of what she raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, so, ben Orr is our guest. He's a part of the Hamilton uh, Southeastern School Board. We're talking about the uh, the bill that would uh, make school board elections like every other election in the state, make them uh, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian declaration. Casey. So you mentioned donations, and Senate Bill 227 would prohibit PACs from contributing to school boards. You said that your opponent got 65% from a PAC. You only got 10%. If your opponent did not have that PAC, would that have made a big difference in the outcome? I mean, it sounds like... To be honest, I don't know that it would have affected ours. I think we ran an effective campaign. It wasn't really about the money, although I will say we had to raise and spend so much mostly for communication to get across the message that hey, I'm the conservative candidate. Uh, That's, you know, you essentially don't have to do that. If I could have put an R next to my name, well, in fact, I had the guy who did my signs tell me I wouldn't have even bothered taking your money. It would have been fine. You you know, you're in a 70-30 Republican area. Every other Republican's ripping off wins here. In the meantime, we've got a six-to-one liberal school board. So uh, that's one part. It, It cost an arm and a leg to try and just simply get out the message of which side you're on. And again, the idea that somebody's not on the side is totally disingenuous. So we won't even go there. But uh, Ben, Ben, let me ask you this: yeah. Why are the Republicans, of which there are super majorities in the House and Senate, why is this even a conversation? Why are these people so afraid to do the obvious, which is to say, we're just going to treat school boards like every other election in this state? Why do they? They know these lunatic leftists are on these school boards. You mentioned six to one in in Hamilton Southeastern before you guys flipped it. It's four to one where I live in Brownsburg. Everybody knows what they are. 
are, and they win because they don't have to put a letter next to their name. Why won't the Republicans do something about this? Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, the only thing I can think of is, I hate to say it, political blowback. I mean, it looks bad to go against what you would say would be a group of teachers, when in reality, it's a teacher's union. Uh, that union membership is dropped off year after year. It doesn't represent all the teachers. We, uh, up here in our area, we did not get the teacher's union endorsement. Uh, we asked for it. We looked at it. We did not get it. And we still won by double digits in all four races. So I think some of these lawmakers need to understand that influence, just because a bunch of people show up or email you or whatever, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of more constituents that maybe don't show up every day. They, they have to work. They have to go to a job. They have to take care of their kids, all kinds of things. But I'm not sure why they don't just do what's right, give the transparency to all the candidates, let them put an affiliation. And again, I think lots of people have mentioned you can always choose not to. You can put an I by your name. If you think that your area is would strongly consider an independent Go ahead. But if I want to identify as a Republican, I should have that right. So, Ben, one of the bills that the legislature is considering is House Bill 1428. And that would require school board candidates to be nominated before they run for office. Would that have changed things for you? I'm not sure. And I I ought to be honest, I haven't read that one. I would imagine that that has something to do with going through a primary process that became partisan. I would think that'd be a great thing. I've always thought of the primary process kind of as like the play in games in the NCAA tournament. You got to get through it, you got to make the cut. So, again, I think, you know, anything we can do to further vet candidates is a good thing. Um, I did not really have to go through that. Uh, I probably would have been better and stronger had I needed to, you know, go through a, a list of other candidates first to get my party's nomination. But, uh, uh Ben Orr is our guest. He's a member of the Hamilton County School Board. We're talking about this bill in front of the Indiana General Assembly, which would make uh, uh, school board races like every other race in the state of Indiana and force candidates to put a party affiliation. What should people be doing, Ben? Because I think there's, I'm not optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm cautiously optimistic, but it, the bill's on the floor, right? I mean, it's it's being heard. Mm-hmm. Senate Bill 188. Yeah, 188 in, in the Senate. There's a companion bill in the House. What should people be doing because we are look you guys ran great races up there in 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 the hamilton southeastern but let's face it you guys are light years ahead of where most people are in terms of being able to run campaigns and organize what should people be doing i think this is our shot to fix these school boards it definitely is and uh and like you said it's the it's the one that matters most from my perspective i told people the whole time that i was campaigning this is the only thing i would ever choose to do. I I have no desire to be in politics beyond this in any way. Um, But these I've learned through this, these politicians really do listen to the people who talk the most often and the loudest. Except for me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I would say, you know, it's the old line and it seems cliche, but call and write your representative. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just keep doing it over and over. Show up if you can. Um, and try to let them know that there's this huge contingent of people out there that may not agree, I would think that they could probably look at, you know, the voter rolls and and figure out who was on their side and realize that not everybody that shows up down there represents the whole community. But, uh, again, if you want things to change, just contact your people, email them, call them, 
they do get back to you, honestly. Uh, I've, at least in my experience, I know Rob. It's different for you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you funny hey, man. But for the most part, they do. They do tend to at least look at those things. They share them around, mm-hmm. and it's important for them to know that there is another opinion out there. Okay. All right, Ben. I can't tell you how happy your election makes me. One, I think you'll do a good job for those people up there. But two, just knowing how miserable it made so many leftists that you <laughs> won. I'm so proud of you, and uh, congratulations my friend. Thanks so much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Ben. So if you're interested in making sure that the school board elections are partisan, tell your representatives. Senate- Unless you're Rob Kendall and then you're like my senator has told his uh, workers to not engage with me. So, hey, John Crane, pass this bill. What's the number of the bill? Senate Bill 188. Yes. On Do your Senate job, bill 188. John. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. membership could help you save money in a different way than you're thinking it's 11:51. it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc so there was this influencer and she was revealing how she saved a fortune on food by eating the free samples at costco i love this <laughs> this is the total rob kendall move right here from sushi to soup yeah Dumplings to rotisserie chicken. So her name is Tasman Dawal, and uh, she said the Costco offers so many testers that she always leaves full. She goes in hungry intentionally and eats her way through the store. Well, this is brilliant, right? Because she's not doing anything wrong. She's uh, following all applicable rules, right? The sample mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. And she is saving gobs of money mm-hmm. by eating just the samples. So she posted a minute-long video where she's trying all of these things, like pita bread with hummus, toast with blackberry jam, cheeses, crackers with goat cheese, chips and dip, chocolate cookies. She even had a small cup of coffee. So you could. You could walk through Costco. Yeah, this is brilliant. What's a Costco membership cost? You got oh, one of those? I'm glad you asked, oh, Rob, great. because I, I do have one of those. The Gold Star membership is $60. The executive membership is 120 What's the difference? Okay, well, if you spend $3,000 annually on qualified purchases like groceries, furniture, and electronics, uh-huh. you get $60 back, which is the cost of the upgrade. So... But what do you get with the upgrade? That's that's where things get a little sticky. I don't oh, know. Oh, sounds uh, well. You're really selling me on it, Casey. I, I think there's, you know, so, some, there's some, like travel deals. Some executive things. from Costco was li- was yeah, licking his job. Yeah. What? Don't oh. tell anybody there's no difference. Finish the rest. No, you're not paying me to finish the rest, Costco. If yeah. you'd like to sponsor the show. We'll because t- we'll learn we'll learn what the differences <laughs> we are if there's a che- if there's a check involved. You. Yeah. Uh but there's eight hundred and thirty locations in eight countries. They have nearly hundred and seventeen million card holders. Costco is the largest membership warehouse chain worldwide. And um 
Yeah, you do save money in some areas, but this woman saving money because she's eating her way through the store. Now, I've seen another influencer who's done something similar to this, not going to Costco to eat, but she goes on dates just for the meal. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Books dates with randos. Oh, that's brilliant. First date, doesn't really care. She's not looking for love. Right. She's looking for a meal. She's looking for a meal. That's brilliant. Does it four or five times a week, intentionally. Now, I have to imagine something like that. You have to live in a bigger metropolis because if you're in a small town and you're doing that, you're going to go through... Yeah, this is no, this is brilliant, and this and Kevin will appreciate this because he is on the dating scene. This is why I always used to do first dates at drinking establishments mm-hmm. because I wasn't at risk of having to purchase an expensive meal. A meal, and I real quick know how you hang. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, Kevin yeah. just Kevin just like like the, it hit him. I could mm-hmm. see it. Like there was a moment where. It hit Kevin yeah. on how brilliant that is. No, I think, yeah, drinks or like even a coffee mm-hmm. yeah. for the first date. Now, I've been told by some single fellas that they put a limit on the first date. Oh, yeah. Like, they're only going to spend so much money. Well, we talked about the guy here. And it was $40. Who it blew up in his face. The guy who, who Oh, right. Who, who took the here. girl shopping. Yeah, and in addition to the dinner and the drinks. And was probably, I don't know, two fifty or so in. Mm-hmm. And they were an item for what? We don't know that for sure. Two weeks, three weeks? We know there was a photo of them together. Mm-hmm. But it also could have been like, because we had talked about there was no tagging in that photo. And it was just posted. So we don't know for sure. But even if they were an item, the amount of of cash outlay that took for the result that he got out of it that did not end well, which I had told him that was not going to end well. And this is why I have the mentoring program with Kevin to save Kevin from the grief that poor young man went through. So here's the thought about these influence, these influencers, though. <laughs> going back to this woman at Costco who's eating her way through. And by the way, not all Costco's have the free food. Oh, really? Out. Yeah, no. Th- this woman was in Toronto uh, because a lot of people were asking her, which Costco are you at? Because mine doesn't do the free food anymore. Uh, but do we need more influencers or do we need more electricians and plumbers and builders? Like, can we aspire to something better than being a social media influencer? Here's the thing, though, Casey. What's what's the thing, I'm Rob? not going to judge any person who has figured out a way to get paid for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's really some genius mental maneuvering. Because that's what an influencer does, right? Mm-hmm. They get paid to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> They would they would argue kind of like radio. <laughs> We're the original influencers before social media even existed. Okay, we got to go. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today, and thank you for listening. We're gonna count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC.